Jeremiah chapter number one, chapter number one, first week of school, today's Friday, TGIF, y'all know what that means, right? TGIF, it means tomorrow is Saturday, that's what it means. Jeremiah chapter number one, I appreciate everybody that has preached this week, Brother Gross and Brother Casper Zach and Brother Leader, uh, to help us uh, start the year out with a strong Bible emphasis. Everybody looks so nice in their patriotic attire, red, white, and blue-ish. I really forgot the memo, but I still managed to get a light blue tie on, so... Uh, you know you're good when you can be right by accident sometimes, huh? Uh, Jeremiah 1, are you there? Everybody found it? Let's stand, take our uh, Bibles in our hands and look with me, if you would, in Jeremiah chapter number 1. Begin reading in verse number 4. The Bible says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Verse number six. Then said I, ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child. Thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces for I am with thee. Uh, I am I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. I want us to notice In verse number six, the verse that we will use for our text this morning, where Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. I want to preach today on this thought, but I'm just a kid. But I'm just a kid. Let's pray. Father, help us now as we turn in the scriptures and open up the word of God. Pray that you would open our minds and our understanding. And may the message that you laid upon my heart minister to our school and their parents and their family here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. I have preached from this chapter several times in my ministry. God called me to preach back in 1993, and down through the years I have preached from these verses several times. But the Lord really showed something to me on Wednesday morning that I had never really seen before. God laid this passage in this chapter on my heart, and I've been reading these verses. I've been meditating on these verses now for several days, and one of the things that I I really saw in verse number six was Jeremiah called himself a child. Now, we do not really know, I don't know how old Jeremiah really is in in this verse. I don't know how old he was in chapter one when God came to him. I suppose I could have spent a lot of time digging through some uh, commentaries and some books and maybe possibly found out 
And whenever the Bible doesn't give you somebody's age, sometimes if you can look at who the king was and how long they were the king and how many years they were the king, and then you figure out how old they were when they died, you can do some math and you can figure all that out. I didn't do that, all right? And I'm going to tell you why I didn't do that. Because I don't think his age is really all that important, which is really the point of this whole message. One thing that I do know, he called himself a child in verse number six. Now, I don't know any teenage boys that would call themselves a child. He could have been a teenager. He could have been a child. He could have been little. He could have been young. But he calls himself a child. And I thought about this. Well, maybe he was in his teens. Maybe he was 17, 18, 19. And then I thought, I've never met a 17-year-old boy that called himself a child. They call themselves a man. Usually before they're a man, but they lean more toward the I'm a man than they do I'm a child. Then I thought, well, he could have been like Moses was in Exodus standing at the burning bush when he was telling God, I, 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 can't, I can't speak when he could, you know. The thing that really caught my eye was this. He calls himself a child in verse number six. In verse number seven, the Lord said unto him, say not, I am a child. So here's what I found out. God didn't argue with him about whether or not he was a child. God didn't say, no, Jeremiah, you're not a child. You're just pulling out the child card because it's convenient. God didn't tell him he wasn't a child. God didn't argue with him. Here's what God said. You saying you are a child is not going to work with me. That's what he said. He didn't say you're not a child. He said, I don't want you to say I'm a child. Do y'all understand the difference? Well, you're going to here in just a minute if you don't. God told him that being a child, if he was a child, and he says he was a child, and God didn't argue with him about it, God said that is not an excuse. I'm going to just operate this morning under the assumption that Jeremiah was a child. He said he was a child. God didn't argue with him about it. God said, no, you can't say I'm a child. I'm not going to listen to it. So I'm going to operate this morning and look at these verses under the assumption that Jeremiah was a child. Now, if you're taking notes, I want to give you three things by way of introduction that we conclude, can conclude about children and about God right off the bat. All right. The first thing that I noticed in verse number four, the Bible says, then the word of the Lord came unto me. Here's the first thing we can assume and things we can learn. Kids will be approached by God. God will speak to children. God will come to children. God knows where you are. All right. We already twice this week, we've had two different preachers referred to hide and seek. Okay. Hide and seek. Uh, but we've got young people today that might try to hide from God, but God knows where you are. God can find you. God can come to you. God will approach you and God will speak to you. So we can assume that we can learn that from this passage of scripture this morning. The first thing we see is kids will be approached by God. Do you remember in first Samuel chapter number three, where there was a little boy by the name of Samuel? Samuel. 
The Bible says he was living there in the temple with Eli, who was the priest. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter number 3 and in verse number 4 that Samuel went and laid down to go to sleep. And the Bible says he heard the voice of God saying unto him, Samuel, remember that story? God will approach a child. God will approach a young person. It would be a terrible, terrible mistake for you to think that God only speaks to adults, that God only speaks to preachers, that God only speaks to teachers, that God only speaks to youth workers, that God only speaks to missionaries and evangelists. Make no mistake this morning, the God of heaven, the one that spoke the universe into existence can find and approach and speak to young people. Now that ought to be amazing to you this morning. When you can walk through a crowd of people and they never even look down to see you. They don't acknowledge you're there. You can step on their feet. You can run into them. You can bump into them. And they'll just move out of the way and keep talking to the other adults. And you're all around them. And they never see you. They never acknowledge you. They don't speak to you. They don't know you're there. They don't know your name. They can't tell what you've got on. They can't tell what you're thinking or what you're doing. The God of heaven knows where you are. And he will approach you. And he will speak to you. Are you listening to me this morning? Kids will be approached by God. Number two, kids will be alarmed by God. And this is no surprise. Notice his response in verse number six. Then said I, ah, Lord God. Jeremiah was overwhelmed. Jeremiah was amazed. He was alarmed. He was surprised. He was frightened because God was speaking to him. By the way, this was a common reaction in the word of God and it ought to be a common reaction when the God of heaven calls you by name and he looks at you and he speaks to you and he approaches you. It's a fearful thing. In fact, I'm reminded again of the story of Moses at the burning bush when God said, you need to take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. We're about to have a conversation, but this isn't just a chat with the boys over here at the table uh, at lunch. This isn't a little conversation in the parking lot with your friends during recess. You're about to have a conversation with the God of heaven, and that is a serious thing, and he was alarmed. What am I saying? I'm saying that the really good response to every single young person sitting in here this morning is when God is speaking to you, that he's got your undivided attention, and you understand the seriousness of what's taking place. The worst thing you can do is blow God off. Worst thing you can do is ignore God. Worst thing you can do when God is speaking is be preoccupied doing something else, fooling around with something else, playing around, not paying attention when God is speaking to you. We see kids can be approached by God. Kids will be alarmed by God. I was reading again this morning that story about Samuel when he was laying in the bed and God came to him, Samuel, Samuel, and he thought it was Eli. And he jumped up and he ran to Eli and said, you call me. Eli said, I didn't call you. And he went back and laid down. A few minutes later, he heard a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. And he got up and he ran to Eli's room and said, you call me. Eli said, I didn't call you. 
He said, it must be God talking to you. He said, the next time you hear that name or that voice, I want you to say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And he went and laid down. A few minutes later, he heard that voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And God began to speak to Samuel. Listen to me. And he gave him a message that was so powerful. The Bible says that when he went and laid back down, he laid there till the morning. He could not even go back to sleep. That conversation with God was serious. It was alarming. It was life-changing. And God will do that. God has done that. He will do that. He will continue to do that to young people. We see God will be, kids will be approached by God. Kids will be alarmed by God. But thirdly, kids will be adamant to God. And you know what Jeremiah did in verse number 6? He did the first thing that most kids do when somebody tells them to do something. They start making all these excuses why they can't do it. In fact, he made two excuses right here back to back. Right, I mean, immediately after God said, this is what I want you to do. Jeremiah did what kids do when some big person tells them to do something. I can't. I can't. And the excuses that he comes up with here is hilarious. Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. And the first thing I thought when I read that was how many kids do you know that cannot speak? Most kids cannot shut up. Most kids are doing good if they can go the whole school year without getting a handful of demerits for talking in class. Talking without permission, talking without raising their hand, talking in the line in the bathroom, talking, 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 nonstop. I guarantee some of y'all talk in your sleep. I guarantee you while you're sleeping, your mouth is still running. And so what does he say? I cannot speak. Um, but you are speaking. You're literally doing what you say you can't do. I cannot speak. And then I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. I'm just a little kid. Kids know how to put those sad puppy dog eyes And they know how to make themselves look so young and so incapable and so ignorant and so pitiful. Son, I want you to go take the trash out, but I'm just a kid. Just a kid. Clean up your room. I want this room cleaned up. I can't. It's too much. I love it when kids say that. It wasn't too much when you were pulling it out of the toy box. It wasn't too much when you were dumping all the Legos out on the floor and scattering them all over everywhere. And you were looking for more toys to get out and looking for more toys to make a mess with. Now it's time to put them where they go. And oh, it's too much. It's too much. I want you to go get a bath. It's too late. 
I want you to go get your bath. It's too early. Kids are the best at being adamant and dogmatic and very, very, very creative when it comes to excuses for why they cannot do what is being asked of them. But we're going to give you kids a break because adults do the same thing. In fact, Moses at the burning bush, almost two whole chapters of him arguing with God. And he outdid Jeremiah. He came up with about five reasons why he couldn't do what God called him to do. What am I saying? I'm saying kids will be adamant to God. There will be young people that will be sitting in church or junior church or in Bible class or chapel. The message that is being preached is very specific, very clear, very pointed. The messages this week have been clear. They have been simple. We have preachers come in here. Many times they'll preach revivals and missions conferences. And let's just be honest, every now and then, they'll kind of get over there on some heavy doctrine. They'll get over there on some heavy stuff. And you just kind of go, wow, I don't know what he's talking about. But can we be honest? Most of what is preached from this pulpit right here is simple enough for you to understand every single word. The problem is not the communication breakdown between God and the child. The problem is the child is sitting there thinking of excuses and coming up with reasons why they don't need to listen to what God said. Here's what I want to stress to you this morning. The fact that you are a child, the fact that you're young, the fact that you're just a kid, God is going, I don't want to hear that excuse. Don't say that to me. I'm just a child. Don't say to God, I'm just a child. Because in these verses right here, God had some amazing things that he had lined out for Jeremiah as a child. I'm going to give you four of them right quick. Number one, I want you to notice this. Verse number five before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Write this down. Number one, God can sanctify kids from the womb. Listen to me. Before he was ever born, God had a plan. God had a plan for his life. Before he was ever born. Now listen to me. He don't tell you when you're a newborn what his plan is. He don't tell you what his will for your life is when you're an infant laying in a bassinet in your little diaper with your pacifier in your mouth. But before you were even born, God had a plan for your life. That word sanctify means set apart. That means set apart. That's what it means. We set apart things that are special. We set apart things that are different. We set apart things that we have a specific task for. We've got all these microphones over here, over here on, about next to the piano. We've got all these cordless microphones that we use for ensembles and special music. But guess what? There's one that is separate Sound booth, tell me what color this mic is right here. The white mic. It's separate. It's sanctified. It is set apart. It's not over there in the cluster 
in a little group with all the other ones with all of its little buddies and all of his little friends. This one is over here all by himself because this one is the one that we use for people when they speak behind the pulpit. This one is set apart. Bible says that God, when he's talking to Jeremiah, said, I set you apart. I sanctified you. I had a special plan for you. I had something different for you than I had for anybody else. And I had that for you before you were ever born. Now listen to me. There may be a young person sitting here this morning. Boy, God give me this Thursday morning. I mean early. God give me this right here for somebody in this chapel service. I guarantee you there's at least one young person sitting in here right now. Say, Pastor Shifflett, you don't understand. You don't understand my family situation. My mom and dad's divorced. You don't understand my mom and dad's not saved. My my mom's saved and she loves the Lord. My daddy's not saved and don't love the Lord. Or my daddy's saved and my mama's not. And I got brothers and sisters that are pulling me down. And I got... All these things going on in my home and, and I've got family with drug problems and drinking problems and, and we cuss in our house and, and we use bad words and we talk about things we're not supposed to and I come to school and I do it and I get a demerit for it and then I go back home and I have to listen to it again and you just don't understand. There's no way in the world that God could have something planned for my life with my family situation like it is. Let me tell you something. He had all that planned out before you was born. Before you were born, he had a plan. And nothing, listen to me, nothing that has happened to you as a child negates God's plan before you were born. He already knew before you were born he had something he wanted you to do. And you can't sit there and say, I can't. I'm a child. I can't. I'm just a kid. I can't. My family this. My family that. God's got his hands over his ears saying, I don't want to hear it. I got a plan for your life. I had a plan for your life before you was born. I had a plan for your life before you ever discovered America. It's amazing to me the excuses we come up with for why we can't do what God's called us to do. God sanctified him before I formed thee in the belly I knew thee. Before your mama and daddy even knew you existed, God knew you existed. Are y'all getting this? There may be one young person in this chapel service that you keep telling yourself, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me, my life's a mess and nobody cares. God knew you before you were ever conceived and had a plan and a purpose. I believe that with all my heart. God can sanctify kids from the womb. Number two, look at what it says. In verse numbers five, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet under the nations. Look at verse seven. The Lord said, say not I'm a child for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. Write this down. God can send kids to the work. God can send kids to do a specific work. He did it with Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter number one. I've got a work. I am sending you. We use the word in the, uh, we use the word as a big word, commission. By the way, the word apostle is a sent one. We had a special commissioning service last Sunday night for Brother Nathan and Miss Marissa. They're getting ready to go to the Philippines. 
And we laid hands on them and I preached a whole message on and they sent them away. They were being sent. They are being commissioned. God said to Jeremiah, I am sending you. I am dispatching you. I've got a job and I want you to be the one to do it. Don't say I'm just a child. God says, I'm not listening to that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want you telling me that you're too young for me to use. I don't want you to tell me that you're too little for me to give a job and an assignment to. I have given you a job and a work to do. I want you to do it. One of my favorite lines in that film, Sheffy, that rings in my ear all the time. Sheffy, right after he first got saved, staying in that boarding house with that little old lady. And he looks at her and he says, would God call a man to do something he couldn't do? She says, no, but I believe God might call somebody to do something he didn't know he could do. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't know you can until you try. Quit sitting there saying, I can't. Quit sitting there looking at one another and saying, I can't. Quit making excuses when God says, I've got something I want you to do. But I'm just a child. No, don't say that. I'm just a kid. God don't want to hear it. There's a job for you to do. A task for you to do. That God has entrusted. He's, are y'all getting this? Entrusted. It's funny that we like to do stuff if it benefits us. I promise you if in about an hour and a half the teacher said, I need, I need one of you students to take this piece of paper down to the office. Hands would shoot up all over the room. Everybody wants to be sent to do the work. Not because they are so concerned about the office getting this message. And it's not about saving their teacher that long trip down the hall and down the steps and up the hall and back up the hall and back up the steps and down the hall. They ain't at all concerned about saving the teacher any steps. You all know exactly why everybody's going to be raising their hand. Pick me, pick me to send me the message. Let me send the message. Take the message to the office. You know why. I know why. God knows why. We all know why. Let's say it together. Why? To get out of class. Exactly right. We always are quick to volunteer for something if it benefits us or if it's fun or if it's easy or it makes our life better. But what about if God says, I need somebody to go do something and it's going to be difficult. There's going to be fights and battles and there's going to be tears and there's going to be pain and there's going to be suffering. Nobody's raising their hands volunteering for that. That's why God sometimes will just come over and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you, you, I got something I want you to do. And many times we'll have this attitude, why me? Why are you picking me? Look at all these other people you could be using. Yeah, but God says, I got something I want you to do. Those disciples in the book of Acts, they rejoiced. They got beat, by the way. They got arrested. They got thrown in jail and they got beaten. And they brought them before them and they said, do not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says they went out of there and they departed out of there rejoicing 
that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus' sake. Wasn't that awesome, boys? Wasn't that awesome? Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Yeah, you're bleeding pretty good. That's awesome, ain't it? That's great. Nobody's volunteering, but can I tell you something? God will come to young people and tap them on the shoulder and say, I got something I want you to do. He did it in Jeremiah chapter number one. Proverbs 20, verse number 11 says, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work, 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 be pure and whether it be right. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work. I know some of y'all, this is a foreign language. Y'all think I'm up here speaking Taiwanese. Listen to me. The Bible's clear, Old Testament and New Testament. God expects kids to work. Work. I could say right now, all right, recess, and everybody would just jump up, your whole your blood pressure would shoot out the roof. All of a sudden your whole demeanor would change. You'd all of a sudden be energized. Those kids right now that are fidgeting and talking to one another, you'd be so dialed in on the fact we get to go outside and scream to the top of our lungs and run around. Woo! What about work? Oh, It's like hitting the off switch on a generator. It just dies. (laughs) Come on, let's go work. Kids are amazing. Kids are amazing. Amazing little creatures. You can have the kids out raking leaves. Give everybody a rake. Let's rake leaves. We're going to rake up in a pile. We're going to put them in a trash bag. We're going to rake the yard. And they're raking. They're looking around. They're missing half of them. So tired. tired. Can we take a break? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Can we take a break? Okay, you can take a break. All right, let's go play. Woo! I thought you said you were tired. I was tired of working. I was tired of helping, tired of serving, tired of being a blessing, tired of doing something constructive. But if it comes to just being stupid and crazy and loud and running around, I could do that for hours. Hate to break it to you, but sometimes God's got a job he wants done, and he don't care how young you are. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. Never use the fact that you are young as an excuse to not do something for God. Here's what Paul told Timothy. Let no man despise thy youth. There's going to be people that are going to look at you and say, there's no way in the world God's using you. There's nothing, there's nothing you can say or do that God can use to help me because you're young. Paul said, don't let people do that to you. Let no man despise thy youth. I've given you something to do, go do it. When God ever taps you on the shoulder, it's an honor. It's an honor. It's a privilege. It is a wonderful thing. Don't make excuses. Don't run from it. Number three, the Bible tells us in verse number seven, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt do all that I shall send thee. Look at it. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Number three, God can speak through kids the word of God. 
God can speak through kids the word of God. God said to Jeremiah, I'm going to put my words in your mouth. And when you speak, what comes out is going to be my words. A kid, a child. Are y'all listening to me this morning? This is amazing to me. I'm going to give you messages. I'm going to give you words. I'm going to tell you what to say and you are going to go and you're going to say it. And when you speak, you are being a mouthpiece for God. By the way, that's what you do every single time you go soul winning. And you tell people that Jesus loves them. Jesus died for them. He wants to save them. And you witness to them about their soul. God has given you the words to say and you are now speaking those words. When you go do bus ministry, when you're helping junior church, if you do personal work, you are being a mouthpiece for God. It blows my mind that God would entrust a child with a message of that importance. Amazing. I thought about that little maid over there. Little maid, Naaman's wife's little maid. Y'all remember that story, Naaman the leper? And she says to her master's wife, would God that Naaman could go to see the prophet in Israel. She was a mouthpiece. She was being a, she was being a messenger for God. Do you realize that story about Samuel? God gave Samuel a message and didn't give it to the priest, Eli. And the next morning, Eli, the priest came in and said, what did God say to you? Tell me what he said and don't leave anything out. God gave Eli, listen to me. God gave Eli, the priest, a message, but he didn't give it to Eli. He gave it to Samuel to give to Eli. Don't tell me that God can't speak to children and give young people a message from God. He's done it over and over and over again. But I'm just a kid. God don't care. God doesn't care. He reached forth, the Bible says, he put forth his hand and touched my mouth. I'm going to tell you something. If God ever touches your mouth, the message that comes out will be different. God ever touches your mouth, it won't be whining and complaining and grumbling and talking back to your parents and it won't be sarcasm and it won't be dirty little jokes and bad words and cuss words and swear words and it won't be words of rebellion. It won't be words of mockery and scoff. If God ever touches your mouth, it'll change what comes out. And he'll do that to every single one of you if you'll give him half a chance. I got one more point. Number four, this was what got me. Verse number 10, see, I have this day, this day. Is that what your Bible says? Is that what your Bible says in verse 10? Well, verse number, verse number six, he says, I am a child, present tense. I'm a child. I'm just a kid. Verse number 10, God said, I don't care. This day I have sent thee over the world. God can set kids over the world. Over the world. This day have I set thee over the nations and kingdoms. I don't know about y'all, but that blows my mind. 
Do you young people understand what I'm saying this morning? God said to a child, I've put you, I've set you over the nations and kingdoms. This day. He didn't say, one of these days I'm going to. He didn't say when you get older. He didn't say when you get smarter. He didn't say when you finish school. He didn't say when you finish Bible college. He said, this day have I set thee. This plan that was in God's heart for Jeremiah before he was ever born, God implemented it while he was still a child. And here's the crazy thing. Look at me. Some of y'all, especially those in this middle section, if you're not careful, you'll be so intimidated by the world. They'll make you nervous. They'll make you afraid. They'll make you embarrassed. They'll make you ashamed. They'll make you second guess everything you believe. They'll make you feel dumb for being a Christian and act like a Christian and looking like a Christian and living like a Christian. You know what God said to Jeremiah as a child? I've set you over that crowd. I've set you over them. Deep in their heart, they're going to wish they was you. And here's what your job is, Jeremiah. I gave him six things. and I don't have time to preach them. Six things he said I want you to do in verse number 10. Six things and four of them, four of them is demolition. I love demolition. I love getting a sledgehammer and tearing stuff up. Some of you kids have an ability to break. I believe you could break a steel ball. You could break it. We're always having to fix stuff in this school. The walls and the doorknobs and the toilet stalls and the toilet paper dispensers and the, the urinals. It's a handle. I think some of y'all swing on it like a, like a baboon. Break the handles off. Break stuff, tear stuff up. Walk down the wall. Just walk down the hall and there wasn't a hole in the wall. Now there is. And all you did was walk by. There's a hole in the wall. Tear stuff up. You know what God said? God said to Jeremiah, I, I want you to tear some stuff up. Look at your verse. I've set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms. Look at it. Here's what I want you to do. You, want, you like tearing stuff up? I want you to root out, pull down, and destroy, and throw down. And then I want you to put it all back, put it back right. Build and plant. A child. A child. Look at me this morning. Don't say I'm a kid. Don't sit in chapel week after week during the school year when the preachers are up here preaching and say, I'm just a kid. Yeah, we know that. God gave me, listen to me, God gave me this message this week for you. I'm not going to preach this Sunday. I'm not going to preach it at a missions conference or a Bible conference. I preached it this morning to you. God gave me this message for you. I wonder this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. We're going to have a time of invitation. It's serious now. We're not coming down here to be seen or to be cute or coming down here because somebody else is. If you want to come and pray because God spoke to you during the message, then by all means, you come do that. If he's not speaking to you, then you just sit tight, sit still, be quiet. Don't be a distraction. Don't move around. But if the, if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart right now, if God spoke to you during this message and you want to talk to God about it, the altars are open. 
You come down here and close your eyes and you pray. Don't be looking around. 